Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. It's going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Uh, Today, we have a little bit of a different episode. Uh, No guests today. But um, I actually have had, I wanted to pre-record this and uh, save it and post it sometime um, when the baby was born, but uh, ended up without a guest this week. So I think I'm going to go ahead and do it. I might, uh, depending on how far we get today and how long I feel like talking, uh, add a supplemental episode to this that I have in my back pocket. But um, a lot of people have asked me, so for those of you that might not know, for those of you that just listen or uh, maybe have only met me recently and are now listening, um, I have lost quite a bit of weight over the past probably three years now. Um. I've lost over a hundred pounds over the past three years. Um, I think the highest I ever measured was actually three thirty-four. There's a good chance that I was up into the three forties, three fifty range. Um, I don't know. I didn't weigh at that point in time. Um, but I had already been working out and, and trying to lose some weight uh when I weighed in at three thirty-four and I've already lost a hundred pounds from that known weight. Um and it's been a really big change uh my face is a lot thinner i look uh way more different like i i i don't really recognize um the guy that's in the pictures from years ago and i didn't take many pictures of myself at all uh back then and so it's it's tough to look and and see uh see that guy and recognize myself i look very very different um and a lot of people have asked me how i've done it a lot of people um it gets, it does get kind of awkward, and I'll talk about why it's a little awkward here in a bit. But um, a lot of people they see they see what I'm doing, and they're like, "Man, I got to get what you know, get on what you're on. What are you doing? Uh, how did you lose the weight?" And it's a very kind of, uh, I would say it's humbling, but I'm I'm a little bit too prideful for that. Um, it is it is humbling. I'm very grateful that people acknowledge it, and it makes me feel very good when people uh, when people ask. But um, I love. I really do like helping people, especially when I when I know something, when I consider myself to be knowledgeable about something. I really do enjoy helping people, and so um, it's something that I love it when people ask because I feel like there's an opportunity for me to to help them, especially if they're really asking for help. But um, a lot of people have been asking me lately, and it's hard to give a really full answer. Um, if you know anything about me. You know that if you ask me a question, you're going to get a very honest and thorough answer. Um, I'm really not going to leave anything out because uh, to me, it's all important, um, especially with some of the changes that I've made uh, in my attitude and my mentality. Uh, it's it's uh, I care a lot more about the details, and um, I'm also kind of a, uh, a connoisseur of sorts. Um, I, I care very much about the small details. Um, when it comes to anything, when it comes to exercise or nutrition, um, when it comes to anything, I, I very much so am concerned about the small details. And I think that's what makes a certain uh, solution or uh, even a certain problem uh, unique. And so uh, it's very hard for me to give them like 
a full answer when they ask. And so I want to use this episode to kind of get it on record. And for those that are genuinely curious about how I lost the weight uh, and that want to hear from me, uh, I'll tell you here. Um, One thing I do want to caveat before we get too far into this, I will not be the guy that turns into a a weight loss or a fitness coach uh, just because I lost a lot of weight. Not going to happen. I think, I I don't know. I don't want to out anybody, but I've seen it it really, it's, it's nobody in particular. I've seen a lot of people who, uh, because they got fit or because they got healthy and because they, they learned this process that worked for them. uh, They want to go and they think that they can make money uh, teaching it to other people now and they become like a personal trainer or a fitness coach. Um, and it kind of, to me, it doesn't really, it, it always tainted their story for me. Like I, I, I admire it when people lose a lot of weight and I want to know how they did it. But, uh, when they immediately like turn and try to become a personal trainer, it was, it, I would just roll my eyes and, um, it's not really a bad thing. Like it's, it's almost, it's really arrogant for me to kind of think that way. I mean, um, I consider the knowledge that I've gained uh, to be very valuable and uh, real knowledge, like having actually experienced it. Um, it. It also sucks having like a person that's always been skinny um, try to tell you how to not be fat. It's like you don't, you don't have, like you've literally never experienced what I'm going through right now. Um, that's also an arrogant position, but uh, it's just funny um, to see somebody. It's like, what are your qualifications? Well, I lost a bunch of weight. It's like, oh, that's it. Like. Okay, um, so I don't want to be that guy. I'm not going to turn around and start posting on Facebook. You know, if you try my plan for $20 a week or something like that, not me. Um, I don't have any problem with that. Those people are needed, but that's not going to be me, and that's not what I'm trying to do here. Um, I'm just trying to let people who are curious know uh, and to kind of get it on record. Uh, if you do ever see me trying to make money doing personal training, uh, please reprimand me and remind me of these things that I have said, because I know it's not where most of my money is to be made. <laughs> my, my time is uh, much better spent doing something that I'm much better suited for. Um, so it's not what this is. This is not the, uh, the, the pilot episode of the, uh, the purpose podcast uh, fitness series. It's not what this is. Uh, second kind of caveat. Uh, why am I talking about fitness? This is a, a podcast about your purpose, finding and fulfilling your purpose. I am a, I'm a very big believer that that uh, is almost impossible if you don't have a good fitness routine uh, and if you're not taking care of yourself. You can still have a strong sense of purpose. Uh, you can still know your purpose, but I don't think it's possible to fulfill it um, completely without taking care of yourself. Um, you know, fulfilling your purpose is an act of kind of, um, it, it always seems to have some sort of responsibility to a higher power or, um, some sort of something greater than yourself. Uh, and there is a, uh, a sweet spot of making sure that you are fully prepared and at your best ability to serve the people that you're trying to serve, uh, through your purpose. There's vanity where, you know, um, all you do is is work out just so that you can look good, uh, but also we need to maintain our bodies. And if we're going to give our lives uh, in service to either God or your family or whatever it might be, if we're going to live lives of service, uh, we're not doing them any favors if our services are diminished. 
uh, because we're fat and unhealthy and out of shape. Um, you know, especially if you're, I believe as men, we're called to protect and do all of those things. Uh, you can't do that if you're fat, out of shape, and can't move. Um, it's, you, you can't. Um, you know, trying to preach, let's say you're a father, trying to preach self-control to your to your children um, while being morbidly obese is just automatic um, automatic hypocrisy, <laughs> I mean, is what it is. And not to say that if you're fat, you're a bad father. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is that we owe it to those around us to uh, provide the best example that we can and to keep our bodies in uh, in our minds, and we'll talk about this, but to keep our bodies and our minds in uh, tip-top shape to to provide them the best service that we can. Um, keep in mind, I was fat once. I know what it's like to, to be fat, and I don't think that um, I've said a lot of mean things about myself in the past, but um, I don't think that if you're, if you're fat, you're just worthless. I don't think anything like that. Uh, quite the opposite, actually. I think that um, the, the reason that you should be become not fat is because you are worth something, uh, and you are worth, uh, worth saving and that somebody else is counting on you. So with all the, um, the gooey stuff kind of out of the way, um, that, oh, well, that's why we're talking about it here is because I think it directly relates to your purpose. And I think that, uh, there's no way can you actually tell me that, uh, being unhealthy and not fit uh, serves your purpose. I don't care, you know, if, if you spend all of your time volunteering, uh, and that's why you never have time to work out, uh, that still doesn't count. You, you would be in much better, you would be, uh, much more able to serve the people that you're volunteering for, uh, if you weren't lugging around a hundred pounds of extra weight. And I know that for a fact. Um, I know that from experience, I know the, the relief, um, that comes with, with shedding a hundred pounds. Uh, it's, it's immense and I am much better suited to, uh, provide, protect and, and, uh, serve the people around me because I've done so. Um, and especially, uh, I, I really think that, uh, my ability to, you know, serve God and Christ is, is far better. Um, and, and all that comes from the mental state. So, uh, let's get into it. The, the main reason that I have a hard time talking about this in public with people is because uh, it is very expansive, and the answer is quite simple. Um, typically, <laughs> what I do, and people don't like this answer, so I've kind of even stopped giving it, um, but when people ask me, bro, what did you do to lose the weight? Uh, the answer is very simple. Uh, move more, eat less. Do more, eat less. The formula is is quite simple, and I'll expand on it, and uh, we'll talk about uh, the thousands of different ways that you can do that combination. Um, but the formula is quite simple and every, uh, Oh, I'll also add this. I don't do research. So if I say the terms research as in the research that I've done, that's going to be watching YouTube videos, uh, and reading honestly, I've read some books, but, uh, reading books, uh, occasionally by people that do actual research, um, and, uh, getting information from people who do actual research. Okay. I'm, I'm not a researcher. I don't, I'm not a scientist, uh, when it comes to physiology or nutrition, there are people that, that are actually scientists. And that's where I try to get my information. Um, again, before you listen to me talk about this, 
uh, I'll go ahead and throw my sources out there. Almost everything that I'm going to say here today uh, is in line with, uh, if not directly came from, two people. Uh, Dr. Lane Norton, who he's on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, he is, I want to say he's a, a physiologist, maybe, um, if that's even a word. Uh, anyway, nutrition scientist, he does all the things. But uh, Dr. Lane Norton, he is heavily research-based. He provides his sources. Um, he does excellent YouTube videos. He gets a little loud and obnoxious occasionally, uh, but his stuff is, uh, I mean, 100% good to go. I've found what he has said uh, to be very well replicated in my own experiences, and I look to him for advice on a lot of different things. Uh, he will change his mind, so that is one thing I want to caution you on. If you go and you look up his videos, uh, make sure that you're getting one that is as recent as possible. So, for example, uh, if you say, uh, let's say you want to find out the effects of creatine. Well, you type into YouTube, uh, Lane Norton creatine. There may be one from five years ago. There may be one from two years ago. He may have changed his mind in between those two. So always make sure that you're watching the latest of his. This is a very good thing. Um, anybody that's willing to put out that they've changed their mind on something and then leave the original, leave the original content up, I'm a fan of. So uh, Lane Norton, uh, Jeff Nippard. Jeff Nippard is uh, absolutely awesome. Uh, he's another kind of research-based guy. Uh, he is a bodybuilder. Uh, I don't think, I don't, I think Lane's done some bodybuilding. I think Lane's main deal right now is powerlifting. Uh, but, uh, Jeff Nippard is a bodybuilder, uh, but he's also a researcher. Um, I don't know if he's done actual, uh, I don't know if he's got the PhD like Lane Norton does, but, um, he dives into the studies. I think he's even started to do some of his own studies. Uh, but, very smart guy, always bases his opinions on research. Um, he and Lane have gotten together, and from what I can tell, they enjoy each other. Uh, they, they both think that each other has some really good points. Uh, Jeff, he's very good at giving like protocols, especially for bodybuilding, um, but I've learned a lot from him as far as diet and, uh, diet and lifting go. Um, he's probably more on the lifting form side and lifting uh, programs that I've gotten from him. So, uh, trying to pick muscles to go lift or building even complete workouts. Uh, I'll say this right now. Um, his workout plans are amazing. Um, $40, I think for 12 weeks worth of workouts, uh, in an Excel spreadsheet with three to four substitutions, it gives you sets, it gives you reps. Uh, you can modify how many days a week, uh, that you go. So I I'm on like a I want to say a six day a week program or five day a week program. Um, my workouts are right at about 40, 45 minutes to do. If I get on it, um, tells me exactly what to do. They're all linked with videos on how to do them. Absolutely amazing workout plan for like $40. And it comes with much more than that. I just use the Excel spreadsheet because I know I've got my nutrition and stuff figured out, but I even think they come with nutrition plans. Uh, comes with a whole PDF booklet. It's fantastic for $40. It's insane. Um, like, honestly, I can't, I have paid so much more for so much less. Um, so Jeff Nippard, uh, he's my guy. Um, really, really like that dude. And then uh, various other sources, uh, Andy Galpin. Uh, Andrew Huberman had Andy Galpin on a podcast series. It's a very long series, but it is worth it. He is a physiologist. I believe that is the term. Um, I believe he's got a PhD. 
and he trains world-class athletes uh, in, in modifying any realm of, of their performance or um, these different fitness variables, I think as they call them, um, you know, stamina, stamina or whatever, longevity, um, whatever, whatever it might be, uh, physique, uh, fat loss. He has muscle growth. Um, they do a really long podcast series on Andrew Huberman's podcast, Huberman lab podcast, where they talk about these things. They go through basically the whole body, any adaptation, uh, that you're looking to, to do, whether it's endurance or like I said, growing muscle, uh, power, speed, they go through all of it. They go through protocols. Um, they talk extensively about fat loss, um, how to lose fat and, and the formulas for that. And, uh, he was a major source for me really dialing in, uh, my routine and getting things right, uh, to, to burn that fat. So, uh, I'll give those three. And of course, uh, Nick Shelton with CrossFit Amarillo, he helped me a lot in the beginning. Um, so many other people that have, that have truly helped me. Um, that, uh, can give thanks to, but as far as information, those three guys are going to be it. Dr. Lane Norton, uh, Jeff Nippert and Andy Galpin, everything that those three guys have to say, I have found to be true. Um, I don't listen to literally anyone else. Like I'm open to ideas, but I'm going to go check it, uh, against what Andy Galpin, Lane Norton and Jeff Nippert have to say. So moving into my experience tell you a little bit about uh where I started like I said I started around 330 pounds um started lifting with Jonah Jonah allowed me to Jonah not allowed me he he pretty much got me into the gym uh paid for my first month's gym membership and got me started on lifting um this is going to be important later on but uh he got me in the gym got me lifting weights uh made me feel really good about it um uh, he you know hyped me up a lot, gave me a lot of confidence about being in the gym. Uh, when you walk into the gym, most of you haven't seen Jonah, but, uh, when you walk into the gym with a guy like Jonah, you can't help but be confident, if not a little overconfident, um, just cause he's, he's, he's electric and obviously, uh, his physique is, is pretty awesome. So, uh, going into, into the gym with a guy like that, you know, that even if you're doing something wrong, nobody's going to say anything about it because he just looks the way that he does. Um, so it was awesome to have him in there. Uh, and that's where I started fat as hell <laughs> and, and just, uh, just lifting weights. Uh, I got strong. I, I say strong. I got relatively strong pretty quick. It was like three months in and I had already like tripled my bench press. Um, I say tripled. It wasn't triple. It was at least double, uh, doubled my bench press. I was very strong with my back already, but I got in there and got after it, but never saw many results. And then uh, finally, I had met Nick Shelton. I've told the story a couple times, I think, but uh, met, Nick, met Nick Shelton, uh, got into the CrossFit gym. Nick started to introduce a little bit of the uh, of the nutrition methodology um, into my life, and uh, we started kind of trying to count calories, count macros. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't do very well with that at the beginning, and I'll tell you why again here in a second, but. Uh, Nick, unfortunately put a lot of effort forward and, uh, didn't get much return out of me for that. Uh, and I've always kind of felt bad for that, but, uh, he tried to get me on the, uh, uh, on doing some better nutrition, didn't quite take, but eventually, uh, started what's called 75 hard. 
we'll talk about 75 hard here in a bit and uh got my workouts where i was i was working working out twice a day 45 minutes a day doing whatever i could to uh to stay active uh, i had to dial my nutrition in a little bit and then a lot of bit later and uh finally started shedding some pounds so that's kind of my story uh, ever since then like i said i've lost about 100 pounds um so how, how did i do that um number one if if i were going to try to help somebody do it uh right now there needs to be a keen very uh strong understanding that you do not have a physical problem you have a mental problem uh that was something that i missed uh thank god it only took um well number one thank god i was able to develop the relationship with with nick to where he was comfortable uh expressing that to me in the way that he did uh but luckily it only took me um probably about a year uh after jonah got me into the gym to figure out that it was not a physical problem it was a mental problem um after i'd figured that out things changed very very rapidly um and with the help of Nick, I was able to figure that out. So what do I mean by that? Um, you have a physical solution. Well, I don't think you have a physical solution. Um, you have a mental problem with physical side effects. So when we talk about being overweight, when we talk about being obese, uh, a lot of people see that as just a physical problem, as in uh, I'm just fat physically. A lot of people don't want to admit or refuse to admit that uh, this is this is a symptom of of some sort of mental disease that you've got, and I use the term disease loosely, uh, but because it, it works with symptom. But uh, this mental problem that you have, uh, being fat is only a symptom. And in the same way that uh, as as your problem is mental, your solution is mental as well. But uh, in the same way that doctors sometimes treat the symptom, not the disease. Uh, you can solve your fat problem for a little bit by just treating the symptom, uh, by just losing weight. Uh, but if you want permanent change, if you actually want the change to stick, and if you want to go as far as losing 100 pounds, not just 40, not just 60, uh, whatever the case might be, if you want that permanent, long-lasting solution, you need to understand that you have a mental problem. Um, my mental problem was that I didn't have any self-control over what I was eating or what I was doing almost almost none and it was a it was a self-control problem but it was honestly just a lack of a lack of knowledge as well um i i, I look back and there's times that i'm like man I, honestly i think if i would have known some of the some of the math equations of how many calories i'm putting in my body i i like to think that i wouldn't have eaten all that food or uh drank all those drinks and uh so some of it was a lack of knowledge but it was really a, a a large lack of of mental discipline. I did not have the ability to tell myself no when it came to food, even if I knew that I shouldn't eat it. You know, there there's something about it. you don't have to be a nutrition expert to know that you don't need to eat junk food uh, all weekend every weekend or all all week every week. Um, you don't have to be a nutrition expert to know that uh, if you're eating past when you're full, that's probably just a little bit too much. Or um, we all we've all heard that cokes are kind of bad for us. Uh, you don't have to be a nutrition expert to know that you shouldn't drink, you know, twelve whiskey and cokes or something like that over the course of a weekend. 
Uh, you shouldn't have to be a nutrition expert to know that. And I wasn't a nutrition expert, and I still knew that it wasn't that great. I just didn't have the ability to tell myself no. Um, that is still uh, that is still around in some cases. I, I've much. Uh, I, I think it's going to be kind of a lifelong struggle. Um, the desire to overeat and to um, do some of those things is still there, and I think it's probably something that uh, everybody deals with, and that. I will probably always deal with. Um, We always seek comfort, but uh, what really changed was developing that ability to tell myself no when I needed to tell myself no. Um, Not having that ability at all at any point um, was was the chief issue. And and the other way around, telling myself yes when I needed to tell myself yes, like uh, going and working out. I didn't... um, I didn't quite have that uh, ability to to force myself to do something like that. I say I didn't have the ability. It was mostly in the realm of 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 physical discomfort. So I had a lot of ability to make myself mentally uncomfortable. I mean, going through college, there was times to where I could sit down and make myself do some homework, or at work, I could sit down and make myself hammer out a project. Uh, never been a you know never had a problem with any of the uh, the, the the mental I say mental discipline, all discipline is mental, but uh, the discipline when it came to mental actions, um, paid my bills on time, you know, all of these things to where I thought I was doing pretty well, but when it came to my body and uh, physically being uncomfortable, I was not willing to to force myself um, into those situations of being uncomfortable. And it was, it was purely mental. Um, so recognize that you have a mental problem. If you're overweight and you want to lose weight, or if you're super skinny and you want to put on some muscle, uh, whatever it might be, recognize that it is a mental problem. Now, this is not bad. And I'm not a psychologist. And a lot of people be like, you don't need to be telling people that they got mental problems. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It, I, I mean, it's the, call it a mental problem. Call it uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, your body doesn't act independently. Um, that's, that's not how that works. Um, despite what some people may tell themselves your body doesn't just go in there and and crush a a package of Oreos on its own. You make the mental decision to do it. So, um, if you are overeating or under eating or whatever it might be, uh, please understand that I'm not trying to be harsh when I say that you have a mental problem, but the problem that you're experiencing, uh, is in your mind. (laughs) It, It really is. Um, with physical symptoms. So I didn't realize that. I thought it was just a physical problem. If I get in there and I start lifting a little bit more, uh, and you know, if I just uh, don't shove as much food in my face, I'll be fine. Um, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's a physical problem. It's something that my body has to deal with. My mind is good to go. Uh, that was not the case. And I spent a year struggling um, to to figure that out. You know, despite people telling me, um, you know, there was plenty of people to tell me, but didn't want to hear it at the time uh, until I accepted the fact that it was a mental problem. Okay. Moving forward. Uh, One of the first tips aside from, you know, accepting the fact that you've got a mental problem that I want to give is to surround yourself with the right people um, that, that know what to do. Surround yourself with uh, not necessarily experts, but with people that have more experience um, in this than you do and ask questions and be willing to learn. So 
you know, one of the reasons that uh, I, I did have the mental problem, I knew that I needed to go work out. Um, I, I really did. Like I knew that I needed to go get moving and that it would make me feel better. Uh, many times I would try to go get on the elliptical. Uh, many times I would just go into the gym and at the, at the apartment complex or whatever, and just kind of stare around and like, and didn't have any clue what to do. And that made it so much more difficult for me to force myself, uh, to go. And at that point I would just kind of give up. Now there's two sides of that. Um, now, even if I don't know what I'm going to do, let's say that I end up kind of, uh, hurt or I've got a bum leg or something like that. Like I was dealing with my hamstring issue. Uh, when I lose my main ability to work out, let's say, uh, rucking, or let's say even better, let's say I'm at a hotel and their gym is just absolutely terrible. Uh, because of the mental discipline I've developed, I can force myself to go do something. Um, but, uh, back when I didn't have that mental discipline and I didn't have any clue what to do, it was so much more difficult to develop that discipline. Uh, cause I, I didn't know what to do. Um, I, I had no clue. Uh, for some reason, I never even thought about looking it up on YouTube, like how to work out or, uh, these things. I, I, I didn't, it didn't register as, as much as I do YouTube stuff. Never even crossed my mind. Uh, always just watched gun videos on YouTube. Um, but, uh, it wasn't until I surrounded myself with people like Jonah or, uh, Nick Shelton and, uh, and I had the willingness to hear what they, what they had to say. You know, I had another buddy who I don't often give too much credit to, but Colby Roach, who, uh, for free was trying to help me, uh, get healthy and, and lose weight. And he brought me into the gym and showed me what to do at one point, but I just wasn't as willing to listen, uh, wasn't as willing to, uh, take the advice, I don't think. And so it didn't stick. So, but once I found people who knew what they were doing and who, uh, I was willing to listen to, uh, that made it a lot more, I was a lot more willing to force myself because I actually knew what I could go do. If Jonah didn't go to the gym that day, uh, and I didn't want to go to the gym, I could force myself to do it. And I at least could run back the same workouts that we did last week. Uh, I knew that if we were going to hit chess, we had to do bench press. I knew that if we were going to hit chess, we could do flies or, um, you know, we could do shoulders, whatever it might be. If, if it was a push day, I knew what to do. And it made it a whole lot easier to force myself just to get in there and get it done because I had a plan. Uh, plans are very big. Um, if you have a plan, it, it eliminates that mental hurdle of, of having to put one together on the fly. Um, and you can focus all of your, of your mental willpower, uh, and your thoughts into just forcing yourself to get in there and get it done. You know, Nick Shelton, uh, he taught me a lot about the macros and at the very least showed me the apps, you know, uh, this is how you track and showed me how to use the tracking app and also got me into the CrossFit gym, uh, where I learned even more about how to work out. I learned even more, uh, movements that I could do, even more exercises that I could do that made it all that much easier to, to force myself to get into the gym. So that's my other tip or probably second tip. Number one, realize you have a mental problem. Uh, with physical symptoms. Number two, uh, surround yourself with people who know what they're doing. Surround yourself and, and, and be willing to take their advice um, and, and to get the knowledge that you need to get. Uh, next, next point is, um, well, let me, let me talk. Yeah. Uh, next point, 
do more what is it yeah do more eat less is literally the formula uh to losing weight you have to put yourself in what's called a calorie deficit calories in calories out and there are people that will argue until they are blue in the face that it's not that simple and that it's so much more complicated and from everything that i have seen from every bit of quote unquote research that i've done everything that i have seen in myself i have tried probably 3 or 4 i don't i don't, I don't want to say 3 or 4 different diets but I have tried the same diet with three or four different foods. I have tried at least two different diets. Uh, I have done exercise in, in a thousand different ways uh, in my own experience and in everything that I have seen from any of the research-based guys uh, that I've told you beforehand. It is quite simply a calorie deficit, and you should not be upset about that. People get very, very upset when I give them a simple answer of do more, eat less. People don't like that. Um, they want a magic pick. They they want a magic pick. Uh, they want a magic pill. They want some sort of trick uh, that they can do. Um, and a lot of people will. A lot of people attribute that to lack of effort. Um, you'll hear people say, "Well, they just don't want to do the work." And I've said this: hard work is a tough sell. Hard work is a tough sell. Uh, but I think a lot of times uh, when you give somebody that simple of an answer, do more, eat less. Um, the reason that they don't want to hear that is because they don't know how, uh, like, just like what I said, uh, they don't know how, um, I think of people who, who know how to get in the gym and how to get fit, especially people who went through like high school sports. I didn't go through high school sports. I played a little bit, but, um, was not in the way I never made it to, uh, really a weight room in high school. Uh, we didn't have two a days at the the Oklahoma. Well, I think we did have two a days. I don't think we spent really much of it at all uh, in the weight room. It was mostly um, just at practice on the field. Uh, they weren't very weight room heavy uh, in Oklahoma, which is where I played really honestly all of my high school football. Uh, I guess in Heiko, um, I think they did a lot of weight room stuff, but I got there kind of in September when the season was already going, so it was still a lot of on the field stuff. Um, I never really got into the weight room and especially the off season training never really did a whole lot of what I did was, you know, when I was younger uh, in about seventh grade, when they really started that stuff, uh, it went in one year and out the other was not concerned with it. So I feel like people take for granted the fact that they know what to do. I don't think most people are lazy. Um, I don't think people just want to be fat. And when you tell them that, oh, it's going to take a little bit of work, I don't think that's what. Uh, at least immediately, the simplicity of the formula, I don't think it's from a, a lazy standpoint. I don't think it's because they just want a, a magic trick or a magic pill um, or they don't want to put in the effort. I think it's because they genuinely don't know how to make that formula work. Uh, they don't know how to make that formula work. Which, once again, is why I hesitate from engaging in the conversation at all because uh, we're already at uh, 35 minutes and... We still haven't gotten to a lot of the mechanisms that I used uh, to to lose the weight. It's it's a long conversation, and it takes a long time to figure out. Uh, and it's a very personal thing to figure out. A lot of the a lot of of the solutions that I have, either people don't want to spend the money on, um, they don't like the foods that I eat, they don't do all of these things, and uh, it takes time to figure out what you actually like to do. So, uh, this third tip. It really is as simple as as do more, eat less. And if anybody says that they've got some sort of disease, um, any sort of condition that they think is causing them fat, 
I can almost guarantee you I'm no doctor. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of excuses as to why do more, eat less is not is not acceptable. I promise you uh, that even if you have some sort of condition, whatever it might be, it's going to affect that formula. Uh, one thing going into, I never had thermo in engineering school, but I did have physics and we talked about the laws of thermodynamics. Um, energy cannot be created or destroyed. <laughs> um, you're not going to uh, put energy onto your body in the form of fat that you have not consumed. That's not how that works. That's just not how it works. You don't photosynthesize. Um, your body cannot take from nothing and create something. That's not how it works. So anything that you're going to experience is going to modulate that formula in some way. Um, either your body is going to prevent you from doing more. Uh, maybe your metabolism is really, really low. Uh, maybe you have some sort of like, I don't know, uh, what is the, you know, the diabetes, but the opposite, um, whatever it might be where, uh, in some way it's modifying the amount of, of energy that your body takes in. Uh, it's modifying the amount of energy that your body just lets pass through. Um, whatever it might be in some way, your body is putting more of that energy to storage than it is to use. That is a fact. Okay. Uh, now, to me, this gave me a very, once I fully understood it, um, it was no longer depressing. It was no longer kind of a sad moment when it was like, oh, it's that simple. Um, for me, it was honestly uh, really liberating. It was, it, it, it was kind of this, um, I, I don't want to say like freedom cry because that sounds a little bit dramatic, but this overwhelming sense of, oh, so I can do this the way I want to do it. That's what it felt like for me. I haven't lost complete control over the way that I do this. I don't have to do keto, okay? Or I don't have to, uh, here's you know the best one, I don't have to go vegetarian or I don't have to give up uh, my, well, I might have to give up milk now. That's a whole nother story, but I don't have to give up my milk or uh, my cheese or I eat a lot of fatty foods. I eat a lot of like summer sausage and whatnot. I don't have to completely give up that stuff. I just have to modify this equation in a way that allows me um, to burn more fat than what I was, <laughs> to to expend more calories than what I'm taking in and burn the fat. I just have to figure out how to fit these things that I like to do, that I want to do, that I want to eat, that I like to eat into this equation in an acceptable manner. It was very freeing, and people don't understand this. Um, it, it, it also means that, um, this one, let's say this person that says that they're losing weight this one way, they may have lost a hundred pounds, but before you take advice from them, if they're not the type of person to tell you, it doesn't matter. You just have to do more and eat less. Be careful with what they say. Now their diet probably works. I mean, I mean, you watched it work. If they did it, it works. They may not have the slightest bit of clue why it worked. Uh, they may not know, and it may not matter. It works. Um, but be careful when you take information from them, especially if they say that it's the only way, because it's not. Unless they're telling you that the only way is to do more and eat less, and that there's a thousand different ways to do that, um, they're, they're wrong. Uh, keto is not the only way. Paleo is not the only way. Carnivore is not the only way. Uh, even what people say a purely, quote-unquote, whole foods diet 
It's not the only way to lose weight. You can lose weight eating some quote unquote processed foods. Um, does not matter. Okay. Uh, now, other factors uh, as far as your vitamin intake, your gut health, all of those things, yeah, that factors into it. Your nutrition plays a huge part in that. You need to be getting your vitamins and your nutrients. But if we want to just talk about getting fat off of your body, the formula is simple. And there's a thousand different ways that you can do it. That should be freeing to you. If you're really trying to do it, uh, if, you, if you really want this off, um, that should give you a whole lot of, uh, of, of liberty to do, do the things that you'd like to do. Um, so last little portion, we're already at 40 minutes. I'm not going to sit here and make you listen to me for an hour and a half. Talk about, uh, nutrition. So, uh, do more, eat less, quite simple, quite simple. Do more, eat less. Let's talk about both of those. <laughs> uh, let's get into the, the do more part. Um, now, it is true to simply lose fat, um, do more, eat less. That means that, uh, well, how do I put this? I like do more, eat less. Um, that doesn't, let me put it this way. Do more, eat less. It's that way for a reason. A lot of people have just simply solved their uh, being overweight with just nutrition. And people will tell you that, oh, it's all nutrition. You get your nutrition dialed in, you never have to lose any weight. That is true. Your body burns a certain amount of calories every single day just to be alive. It's called your RMR, resting metabolic rate. Uh, your body burns a certain amount just being alive. Okay. And then you add on your activities onto that, uh, going to work, walking up the stairs at work, going to the grocery store. All of these things, your body is going to burn a baseline amount of calories at your current body weight. I'm not going to get into the the details of metabolic adaptation, though it is important. Uh, but at your current body weight, the way you exist right now, every day your body burns a certain amount of calories. If you eat less than that number of calories, you will lose weight. Okay, I have seen people do it. Uh, I have seen people tell me, you don't need exercise to lose weight. You just modify your, your nutrition. That is true, okay? Uh, for me, when it comes to keeping that weight off, the reason that I think the equation is do more, eat less, is to keep that weight off, there has to be a positive incentive, I think, in my mind. Um, there has to be something that you're replacing that that feeling of comfort with or uh, the satisfaction that you get when you eat a certain food or when you sit on the couch, there has to be something to replace that, I think. Uh, a lot of times, discipline gets you a long way. But this, what I'm trying to say is I don't think that you can truly, um, scientifically you can, but from a mental standpoint, uh, the mental problem that you have, I think getting exercise and doing more has to be a part of that. Uh, let me tell you, it's addicting. And that's why I say this. <laughs> the the exercise part of it, um, addiction is a strong word for some people, but um, there really is a point to where you feel bad if you don't do it. And that's where you want to be. I have seen people lose a lot of weight with just nutrition, not upping their activity at all, uh, and then put weight back on uh, and put a lot of weight back on just because uh, they were trying to just do it with nutrition. And when they got to where they wanted to go, they thought that they could lay off the nutrition um, and they didn't have that backbone of, they didn't have that backbone 
of regular physical exercise and hard physical exercise. I'll talk about why it needs to be hard physical exercise too. Um, for me, the only thing that has kept the weight off, and it's still, I mean, it's always going to be a struggle. Okay. Uh, I'm a human. I have flaws. Uh, I, I really feel like it's always going to be a struggle with, um, I, I'm very into food. I love to cook. Uh, I love to eat food. Um, the only reason that I've been able to maintain this lifestyle as long as I have uh, is because I am I am truly addicted to the physical exercise. If I go like a week without physical exercise, I am losing it. And I think there's science to back this up. Uh, the endorphins, I think is what they're called, but the good feeling that you get after exercise, I do think it can be quote unquote addicting. However, you choose to take that word. You miss it at the very least, whether it consumes you like an addiction that would be bad. Um, for all of my religious friends out there, I'm not saying go get addicted to exercise uh, so that it takes the place of the Lord. It's not what I'm saying, but you miss it. You really, really miss it. I promise you, nobody misses eating healthy. That is not true. Um, nobody misses the good parts about eating healthy. Uh, when somebody does miss eating healthy, it's because this other food has made them feel bad. <laughs> okay. You can take somebody who exercises six days a week and I promise you give them two weeks off and you get like the most plush, um, they're, they're, they're chilling. They are, uh, getting massages every day. Like they're, they're experiencing the good life. They are still going to want, uh, the feeling of exercising. If you take somebody who has had a really good, a really good diet, let's say you even make like they eat excellent food. Okay. It's going to be salmon and steak for every meal. Um, they still eat excellent food. Um, and then you let them have some of that good food that they just like to eat desserts and stuff like that. Um, they're going to want that other food back because the new food made them feel bad, not because the other food made them feel good. Uh, I, I promise like I, I, I could be wrong, could be wrong. But for me, in my experience, it's never been like, Oh, um, I miss all that good food that I had, all that healthy, you know, green food that I had. I miss the good parts about that. No, when I yearn for better nutrition, it's like, man, this stuff that I just ate just made me feel like crap. It's always in the negative direction. Um, and I think that's that's very bad because it, 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 it never comes quite as quick. And you can, let me put it this way, you can kind of forget the feeling of, of how that good food made you feel. Um, whereas the exercise, you really, really want, um, what that exercise was giving you. Um, you really, really want, uh, something that like nothing else can make you feel like that being pampered and, and being comfortable can't make you feel like that. Uh, eating junk food can make you feel like you're having a good time. Uh, it can, it can make you enjoy eating food again, uh, for a very small time, but, uh, being pampered and all of that stuff and, and relaxing and taking days off isn't going to make you feel the way that exercise is going to make you feel. You're going to want to get back in the gym. Now, the other part of that, the quicker that you get back in the gym, the quicker the bad food is going to make you feel bad. Uh, so for me, it never fails. If I do break and I have like a rough meal with a lot of grease or um, whatever it might be, and then I go try to hit CrossFit, I am miserable, absolutely miserable. And that's typically what kicks my nutrition back into gear. <laughs> Honestly, um, that's what kicks my nutrition back into gear. Uh, they say that you can't, you know, outwork a bad diet. You can, uh, you really, really can. Um, if you're out there and you are, uh, 
busting your butt and absolutely getting after it. For the people that say that you can't outwork a bad diet, I know plenty of blue collar dudes that eat 6,000 calories a day of just crap and they stay skinny. Uh, and it's because they're out there working their butts off every day. You can outwork a bad diet. It'll catch up to you eventually, but um, you can outwork a bad diet. You really can. I, I see people do it. Uh, at the very least, you can maintain your body weight um, if you're really out there getting after it. If you're if you're running and you're doing the CrossFits and all of those things and you're lifting all the time and you're still just eating like trash, um, you can outwork a bad diet. The hard part is going to be um, you're going to feel like crap when you're doing those workouts. There are some superhumans that are just made to do it. I mean, like I said, there are some of those blue-collar guys that uh, get out there in the heat and get after it after crushing some Allsup's burritos and uh, God bless them because I, I don't know how they do it. Uh, but for me, it's always, uh, I'm very, very glad that I got quote unquote addicted to the exercise because that keeps my nutrition in check more than anything. When I go out and I try to do my exercise or I try to get a lift in, or I try to go to CrossFit, um, and I feel just awful. I know it's because of what I've ate, or I know it's because I haven't had enough water that day. Uh, nothing pushes me back into a healthy diet and a healthy, um, regiment than uh than getting back in the gym and it's because i I yearn to be back in the gym like i I have to get back in the gym Uh, and then it feels bad and then i know why it feels bad so uh that's kind of my case for why you can't do this without uh without getting in in the gym or, or doing some sort of exercise that doesn't mean that you have to go do crossfit i'm not one of those people that says you have to go to crossfit um so um my last little thing on the do more, what do you do? Uh, you may be asking me, how is the best way to get fit, Haas? What, what exercises are the best? Whatever you can do consistently and that remains difficult. So what? So well, let me put it this way. It needs to be consistent and you need to make it difficult all the time. It needs to be difficult, okay? There are days where you have recovery walks and yes, you can get into the nuance, uh, most of the days when I have recovery walks, even those recovery walks are difficult because I needed the recovery. Um, whatever you can do consistently. Um, whatever you want to do consistently. So I, I do remember Nick tried to get me uh, to go on walks pretty regularly. And he had a very good point of, hey, look, if you can do this consistently, I promise it'll help you more in the long run than coming to one to two different uh, you know, one or two CrossFit classes every week. Uh, he was very correct. And I wish I had the mental discipline to start doing that sooner. Um, but on the other hand, I wanted to do CrossFit. Um, I wanted to get in there and sling around the weight. I didn't want to walk because that made me feel like a fat person. Uh, when I got in there and did CrossFit, it made me feel strong and athletic. Um, so there is definitely a mix of what you can do consistently and what you want to do consistently. Um, if you are really, really attracted to some form of exercise uh, and it really makes you want to get after it, go do that form of exercise and do it as consistent as possible um, and and keep driving for that consistency. Now, don't be the guy that just lifts occasionally, uh, but if, if lifting is truly your thing, get in there, get after it, and uh, and uh, go make it happen and, and be consistent at it. Then supplement in with, with something that you can do a little bit more consistently. Um, consistency is key, but also uh, having that desire and whatever you actually want to do, whatever you really do enjoy, I think is key to actually getting you started 
and 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 keeping it going. If I didn't like lifting weights that much, I I probably would still be fat. <laughs> um, I there's no way that uh, I think I would have crawled myself out of the hole uh, just walking because walking doesn't make me feel the way walking doesn't make me feel the way that lifting weights does. So, uh, the last little portion that I think I'll say um, on movement and and exercise is that. Um, you should keep making it more difficult and, uh, you'll want to like, honestly, uh, to, to kind of go back to my comments a little bit earlier of, of why I think exercise is necessary. Um, doing more, <laughs> doing more makes you want to do more. Um, eating less doesn't make you want to eat less. And that's, that's not how that works. So, um, one thing that somebody told me, I, I, I don't remember who said it. Um, I, I honestly don't. But one thing that somebody told me that that has always stuck with me and that has really been a big part of my weight loss is they said, uh, go to the gym until it feels worse not to. So um, go get your exercise in until it feels worse not to go. So force yourself to go until it feels worse not to go. And you will you will still have to force yourself. You will still have to be uh, mentally disciplined to go in there and get after it. But there was a significant shift. Uh, after I'd been going for, it may, it may have honestly been six months, but when I didn't go to the gym where I was like, man, you know what I want to go do? I want to go to the gym. Um, it took me a little bit to do that, but there was a significant change in my attitude towards it. Um, and I said, uh, bro, I got to get in the gym. It was no longer, man, I got to go to the gym. This sucks. It was, uh, bro, I got to go to the I got to go to the gym. Like I, I got to get into the gym. Uh, this, this sucks. I haven't been in the gym in forever versus man. I don't want to go. Do I have to go? Okay. Um, so don't stop going until it feels worse not to, uh, and then you won't want to stop. Um, that, that rang very, very true for me. So like I said, whatever you're attracted to, um, if it's walking, if it's hiking, uh, it, whatever you can there needs to be a balance between what you're attracted to and what you can do consistently, uh, what you want to do consistently, um, what you want and what you can do consistently. Uh, if that's walking, it's walking. And if you think I have met people that think that walking is too hard for them, too hard physically. Um, if you can walk through the Walmart, if, if you can walk when you have to, uh, it's not too hard for you. Your body is not just, too broken, whatever it might be, you can get a walk-in. Those are excuses. If you can go to the grocery store, you can get a walk-in. If you walk around the grocery store for 45 minutes anyway, you can do that every single day. Will your feet hurt? Yes. Will your legs hurt? Yes. I am here to tell you uh, that walks were difficult for me. That is one of the probably the most embarrassing things that I have to tell people is that me as a 19-year-old, uh, I don't know when I started, 20, 20, 21 year old man as a 21 year old man that walking was hard for me. It's disgusting for me to even say it. I want to choke on my words, uh, but it was the truth. I would get, um, I can remember the stop sign that I would always have to, or not even the stop sign, but like the corner that I would always have to stop at, um, to stretch my calves out a little bit because my feet and my calves, uh, and my shins would hurt, uh, from walking that far. It was maybe 20, not even 20 minutes in, 15, 10 minutes in, especially when I was doing it consistently. Uh, 
it was tough. And honestly, like there were, there were times to where at the very least CrossFit kind of had an end to it. It didn't take that long. You know, some of the workouts were only 15 minutes, whatever. Uh, and I, and I was, it wasn't an everyday thing. I wasn't as consistent with it, but walking was, was hard. Um, it gets easier and you can do it. Uh, not everything that you experience is, is crippling pain, even at whatever age you're at, uh, go walk. Okay. Um, go hike, go do whatever. If, if you got to be in the grocery store to walk, go walk in the freaking grocery store. If that's what you have to do. Um, I don't care, but you can walk. Okay. Um, if you're in a wheelchair, go roll. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm not I'm not laughing at you. Uh, I spent most of most of my high school on crutches. Uh, I promise you, if I ended up on crutches again, you would see me out there crutching. <laughs> you would see me out there moving or crutching to the gym so that I can go hit chest. Um, get it done and keep doing it until it feels bad when you don't. Okay. Again, you have a mental problem. You can treat your physical symptom with just nutrition. You can. Okay. You can eat nothing. You can, uh, eat so little that your body loses weight and you can still get your nutrients in. You can do your vitamins. Uh, you can eat like a minimalist and you can lose weight. You can treat the physical symptom. I am very, very convinced that you cannot treat the mental problem, uh, without getting moving in my own experience. It it rings true. And in what I see from others, uh, it's, it's very true. So get moving, do whatever you want to do. I will caveat with this CrossFit. Um, this is where I'll stand for CrossFit. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't have any clue what to do in the gym, the whole idea of CrossFit is where people come and coach you through what to do in the gym. There are other gyms that don't do CrossFit the way that I do CrossFit. I found a very special gym. I found a a gym that is very, very good. CrossFit Amarillo. Um, I don't know whether they want this being public knowledge or not, but it's on their website. They post their workouts the day that they're done. You could literally do the exact same workouts that we do every single day when they're posted. Okay. Um, but if you don't know what you're doing, if you want somebody to be there with you, um, it sounds expensive. It's a hundred dollars a month, typically one thirty-five, something like that. I don't know what they're paying at CrossFit Amarillo right now. I know what I pay, but I've got 24 seven and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, it's going to sound expensive. I promise you it is worth it. And don't do this thing to where you try uh, personal trainers and all of that stuff. If you can commit to it and if you can go in there and just get moving and uh, slowly work your way up to doing your classes, I promise it will benefit you. Uh, even if it is one of those CrossFit places where they do just mostly cardio, a lot of people, it seems like uh, they don't have quite enough space to break the barbell out quite as much as we do. Uh, we get the barbell out very often. Um, and from what I've seen, I think it's, it's because we actually have the space to do it. Uh, when I see gyms that when I look at their programming and they don't get the barbell out very often, it always seems to me when you look at the pictures of their gym, everything's very crunched, you know, like when you, when you see like a ton of assault bikes, like slammed up against the wall, it tells me that they have to have that many assault bikes for people. Uh, and when they're so crunched in like that, and, uh, to me, it, it says that they probably just don't have the room to use a barbell you're still going to move. Uh, they're still going to tell you how to move. You don't have to program your workouts. Uh, and it is worth it. 130 something dollars a month. You can find that in your budget. Uh, and if you don't know what to do, 
if you have if you have trouble um figuring out what to do and being motivated to work out once you get to the gym crossfit will help with that um outside of that going and lifting you know i'm a big fan of it honestly like i i really do like the crossfits uh it makes me feel very good but uh where crossfit is it's a different kind of therapy for me than than going and lifting i i do love to just go and lift some weights uh in a very slow controlled manner um but uh they both hold a special place in my heart but the the crossfit um it's good to go and you don't have to you don't have to be a super athlete if the gym is good and if the programming is good uh you can go in there and uh you can scale it there are again i know 70 60 year old i don't know if there's any 70 year olds in there there probably is but i know 40 50 60 year old women who uh go in there way more often than i do and um they're not rxing it and it's perfectly fine they go in there and they do what they can do and they're consistent with it if they can do it you can do it i know 50 year olds who have had multiple back surgeries they go in there get after it um i know people who have been injured multiple times they get in there get after it they scale their workouts so don't hesitate uh to walk into the crossfit gym it is a very excellent uh, tool um to move your body more uh, and, and the people there will help you do that hopefully they're encouraging if you're in the amarillo area come to crossfit amarillo it's the best in town bar none uh, i like other people that do it i know other people that, that do it at other places uh, but it's the best um, we have an awesome crew there so you're more than welcome to come join us again outside of that get your walk on man i can tell you about a thousand different things that i've done to lose weight rucking lifting um we can talk about all those things there's no need right now go look up lane norton go look up jeff nippard uh andy galpin they will give you a thousand different ideas do what makes you comfortable if it's jujitsu my buddy brett he does jujitsu and man he burns them calories he burns them calories my buddy brett also rucks he also lifts okay find those things that you enjoy get after it um probably we're at um getting close to where i want to be time wise but nutrition so uh you can outwork a bad diet i don't care what anybody says um you can you can outwork a bad diet uh you can maintain and and uh you can eat processed junk and you can eat 4500 calories a day and then you can go and burn 4500 calories a day i see people do it i i have seen man it's so frustrating to see people that are fat um that go to the gym all the time and they go to the gym more than i do uh because it number one they may not be getting any fatter so they may not be gaining fat um but it's frustrating because it's like dude you you got one half of the equation down like now the other half uh, but the the point there is that uh they're not morbidly obese they're maintaining and typically what they do is they go to the gym just so that they can eat like trash um they may not think that but that's what they're doing is they go to the gym so they can go out and they can have their have their their drinks and their um and their nasty food or whatever it is uh on the weekends and fair enough at least they're in the gym you know uh, at least they're getting after it in the gym. At least they're not gaining an absorbent amount of weight, but you can outwork a bad diet. Uh, it's much, much easier when you tune your diet in. It's, it's much easier, uh, to get to that deficit when you tune your diet in. And if you want to lose a significant amount of weight in a significant amount of time, 
you're going to have to tune your diet in. You can't let your diet go rampant. Um, you, you can't let your diet go rampant. Um, and I have, I have some problems of doing that. So, uh, the, uh, let's see, what was I going to, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Diet thousand different ways you can reach a calorie deficit one of the things for me that was the biggest struggle is I'm a very particular person with what I eat I really like food when I say that I'm a uh, I've started calling myself this but I'm just a connoisseur not necessarily not of anything specific but uh well I do have specific things that I'm a connoisseur about but um a a connoisseur is like the opposite of an artisan so think of a worker and an artisan the difference is like an artisan really cares about the things that they're making and uh, they they put in the detail into it. An artisan, you know, pots clay and uh, or not pots clay, but like a, you know, molds clay into these fine, delicate pots. And every one of them takes way too long than it should. Uh, but it's it's intricate and, and you can see the work that's gone into it. Uh, a connoisseur uh, looks at these things and, and appreciates that effort and looks at all the intricate details and they know everything about what they're doing, even though they might not make it. Uh, they know everything about what they're what they're intaking, whiskey or uh, cigars or pocket knives. These are all things that I'm a connoisseur of. Uh, it's about much more than just the thing. Uh, it's it's about much much more than just the thing. Food is the same way for me. Uh, food is is the same way for me in a lot of different ways, um, and it's the same way for a lot of people. I know guys that they lose weight because food is fuel and they eat chicken and rice. Um, for me, it's not that way. Food is very much so tied to my culture. Um, and you may say that, yes, and I do have a culture. Um, <laughs> cowboy culture is real. Ranch food is real. We, you know, chicken fried steak. A lot of times it's, uh, you know, foods that were adapt, uh, adapted from the Great Depression. You know, biscuits, uh, you know, pot of beans, chicken fried steak, uh, all of these, all of these different things, a nice steak and potatoes because uh, in the beef industry, uh, all of these different things, uh, food is, is a part of my culture. Um, we gather over food. I'm a big, I'm a big social person. Uh, and a lot of times what's the easiest reason to get a lot of people together, you make food. Uh, so most of my meals are just simply so that I have somebody else around. (laughs) Um, when I feel lonely, I go eat because, uh, it brings back the memories of people that I have around. Um, food is much more than just food to me. Um, I love to make it. I love the effort that goes into it. I love to appreciate the effort that goes into the food. Now, um, it's hard to do some of that with some of the junk food, but, uh, I do, I love to appreciate the effort that goes in the food. Um, you know, for example, like a lot of people, when they go to barbecue restaurants, they like the brisket because they think it tastes good. Uh, I love the sausage because I know like the saying that the sausage is made. Uh, I love to sit there and think about, um, all the little details that are in this sausage that you have no clue what what spices are they using. I know how hard it was to to get it into the casing, especially if it's homemade. Like, I'm just a connoisseur. Um, I, I just like to, I like to eat, and I like the foods that I like. And the idea of radically changing my diet into nothing but you know bland chicken breast and rice and broccoli, and nobody said that I ever had to eat that, but. Um, all of these different suggestions when they were saying, Hey, uh, let's change your diet to this, or let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, it all took away that kind of, uh, connoisseur and, uh, the, the feelings about food that I had. And in some ways it's good. You don't need to base your emotional health in food. That's bad. <laughs> um, you don't need to, 
uh, when you get sad, you don't need to eat. That's, that's not always good, um, because it leads to overeating, but, um, it is very tough for people. I find it to be very difficult for myself and for other people to, uh, all of these feelings that are built around food to change that. It makes it, it makes it a lot more difficult to change, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, and it's kind of in, in the opposite way. You know, I said that exercise, you get addicted to the exercise, but nobody gets addicted to eating healthy. Um, it's kind of the same way with exercise. Like, uh, nobody has cultural ties to sitting their ass on the couch. <laughs> um, nobody has cultural ties to, um, not doing anything. They might, but it's not a part of their culture. Sitting around and not doing anything is not a part of their culture nine times out of 10. And so it's easier, uh, for me to like give a, give away that, that to go work out, you know, it, it, there wasn't anything else. There wasn't any like emotional ties to laying around um, and, and not doing, you know, watching TV shows or whatever. Like there wasn't the same kind of cultural and emotional baggage that came with that, uh, the same way that there is with the food. And so nutrition was a struggle, uh, for me. And I got around it in a couple different ways. So number one, the understanding of, of being in a calorie deficit was really, really important. Uh, the knowledge that all it took for me was to get into a calorie deficit, uh, understanding what a calorie was, a calorie is a unit of energy. Uh, I believe it's a unit, yeah, energy. It's a measure of energy. If something has X amount of calories in it, it has that X amount of available energy inside of it. Um, doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't mean it's bad. When you evaluate foods, uh, you really start to look at how much am I getting? How much energy am I getting out of this food? When you look at it from a calorie standpoint, uh, your foods that you really like to eat, it doesn't mean that they're bad foods. Okay. Um, it just means that they might have more calories in them than something else. Uh, if you really like a good hearty pot of beans with some bacon and uh, and some biscuits and whatnot, which is like becoming one of my favorite comfort foods, uh, having the knowledge that that's just a lot more calories than a salad is not a bad thing. It doesn't make that food bad. It just means that it's going to modify your equation in a different way than eating a bunch of salad. Okay. Uh, you can prepare for that. That knowledge helped me out a lot. Uh, it didn't that was probably like the first thing that was presented to me counting macros and counting calories was like the first thing that presented that was presented to me. But my, I myself tied those high calorie foods to bad. We don't want that. We don't want that. Um, and it was very frustrating because I had to emotionally uh, give up a lot of those things when I really didn't have to, I was emotionally giving up a lot of those things and psyching myself up when I didn't have to, I just had to modify the equation in a different way uh, and do more just go do more. Like <laughs> if you want more beans and, and biscuits and, and, and whatnot, then, and sausage, then you just got to go work your ass off. I, I mean, the equation is simple. <laughs> the equation is quite simple. Um, so it wasn't until I fully understood that, that I was okay with counting calories. What I did do, however, when developing discipline, um, when I started my 75 hard journey and, and started to solve the mental problem that I had, uh, by developing discipline, developing self-control, uh, developing self-respect, what I did do was something that I called an exclusionary diet. So uh, basically, I didn't like to count. Counting made me really anxious. Uh, it is a pretty big time commitment, uh, and I didn't want to do that. So what I did is I set myself up some rules. Uh, I knew enough about calories, and I knew enough about the foods that I ate uh, through tracking that I was able to know which things 
gave me the most calories for the least amount of food uh, or what the greater consumption of my calories were. And it was things like uh, chips and queso or uh, fried foods in general, desserts, um, liquid calories, lemonades and teas. And, uh, you know, you think that, well, I'm not going to drink sodas, so I'll go have a tea and a lemonade. Well, there's more sugar in that than there was a Dr. Pepper. Uh, And so once I understood that, I was able to say, okay, for 75 days, I'm going to not eat these things that I know give me calories. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about all the calories that I'm eating. doesn't matter. Uh, For example, tortillas. And this is where I'll get into why it doesn't make just why I had to change it up. But uh, I wasn't going to restrict myself because I was working out a lot. Um, I wasn't going to restrict myself on how much I could eat. I wasn't going to be hungry all the time. Uh, and so if it was within the within the realms of what I said I could eat, um, then I ate it and until I wasn't full anymore. And by just cutting those staples of my diet out that I knew were giving me a lot of calories, I lost 30 pounds that way, something like that. Um, and again, I was not on a restriction. I could eat chips and salsa. I said, you know, I'm not going to eat the chips and the queso because I know the queso is heavy, but um, I like some chips and salsa. Tortilla chips are okay. So I would go and I would eat chips and salsa. And sometimes I would eat a lot of chips. <laughs> um, but I still lost weight doing that because uh, I was already eating so much um, that when I just cut those things out, like um, like what, what I whatever it was, um, the fried foods or the desserts, uh, the liquid calories, just by cutting those things out, I already put myself in a deficit. And I was able to lose the weight. Now... What I found is at the end of that 75 days, I was eating, I had found new things to overeat. And so uh, I had found new uh, things that were not quite as healthy to overeat. And so I had to reevaluate. And that's when I really got onto the, onto the macros where I said, okay, look, uh, I'm no longer losing weight. My metabolism is down. Uh, I never really put any back on, but wasn't working like it was. Obviously, I've got to modify this equation even more. Do more, eat less. So I can't do that if I don't know exactly what I'm eating. Uh, didn't really know what else to cut out. And so that's when I hopped on the uh, the, the counting calories. Uh, one thing that somebody really helped me, I want to say it was probably Nick. Uh, protein is probably the number one macro that you need to pay attention to. So uh, eating a certain amount of protein and eating under a certain amount of calories because it's a unit of energy. The rest will work itself out. So one gram of fat is worth a certain amount of calories. One gram of carb is worth a certain amount of calories. One gram of protein is worth a certain amount of calories. So for me or for anybody, you up your protein. Uh, if you ask anybody, uh, so we're talking about overweight people here. What I found is that, uh, and this is supported by, I think Jeff Nippard and Lane Norton. Uh, I think it's one, oh, now I'm going to misquote it. One gram per centimeter of body height a day is how much protein you need to be eating. And then you get it under a certain number of calories. So let's say your calorie goal is 2,300 calories. Let's say that you are uh, six foot tall. Let me go punch that into my calculator. I should know that um, because that's mine. Let's see. Six foot is 72 inches times 2.54, which is the conversion from inches to centimeters. Uh, 182.88. So at a minimum, I need to be eating 182 grams of protein every single day. If you eat 182 grams of protein, and if you make sure that you stay under the amount of calories for that day, 
your fats and your carbs will work itself out and you'll stay in a calorie deficit. It's as simple as that. Uh, once I started doing that, it was much better. Um, at the very least, I had to hit my protein amount for that day. Uh, went under my, and my carbs and fat took care of themselves. Um, the ways that I got that protein evolved over time. Um, a lot of times it had to do with like ease. So there for a long time, I ate just purely lunch meat. So not just purely lunch meat, but to get the protein. So I would do something like this. I still wanted my food. We talked about the emotional connection with the food. Uh, I would wake up in the morning, eat a decent breakfast, like a good breakfast with a little bit of carbs and some yogurt wasn't what I wanted for breakfast. It wasn't a donut or breakfast burrito or whatever the case. Uh, But it was a decent breakfast. My lunches were very, very minimal. I would eat something like a pound of turkey breast or uh, and some carrots or uh, something like that. Now, I will say this isn't anybody's fault, but the person who was helping me with nutrition, they did uh, a pound of protein per pound of body weight. It was way too much. I'm going to be honest with you. It was way too much. Um, if you're 300 pounds right now, you don't need to eat 300 grams of protein. <laughs> um, I don't I I haven't seen anything that makes that true. And it just, it made it so much more difficult than what it needed to be. It made me feel miserable. Uh, It was very, very tough. Food prep became difficult. Eating 300 grams of protein is a lot. It's a lot of protein. It's a lot of meat. And they do that. I mean, you can do that, but it's going to, um, it just makes you full all the time. And sometimes that's good because you have less of an urge to eat the other crap. Uh, But for me, it was too much. Even if I'm at like 225 or uh, 250 grams of protein. I'm full. Um, you don't have to eat one gram per one pound of body weight. The, I would say probably maybe like 1.5, uh, times your centimeters. So I know I just said one, um, I said one times your centimeters in height. If you take 72 times 2.54 equals, uh, yeah, 182.88, uh, plus, uh, wow. Why can't I do this? Um, let's see, times 1.5. So yeah, 274. So 275, I would say like 1.25. So 182 times 1.25, uh, 227. Yeah, I would go anywhere between 1.25 and 1.5 uh, for your centimeters. And I promise you'll be plenty full. And keep your calories on the lower end, uh, somewhere around 2,000, 2,300. And it'll all work itself out count your macros. For me, like I said, I was eating a lot of lunch meat that eventually evolved into uh, other things that I like to do that were easier and cheaper. Lunch meat is very expensive. It's got a lot of salt in it. And even still, it's got some sugar in it because they have to brine it. Um, I started smoking my meat. So uh, rotisserie chickens are an excellent tool. Uh, If you go get a rotisserie chicken and use that for your protein, uh, I started smoking it. I got a Traeger and I learned that I could do chicken thighs and shred them and vacuum seal them. And it made it incredibly easy to crank out those meals. So I could do, um, if it was two meals a day for, let's say eight ounces, that's typically what I do. So a pound of chicken a day, the easiest, the cheapest, and the quickest way for me to meal prep a pound of chicken a day and to eat it. So I could do like chicken breast, like say you get chicken breast, uh, I would still have to cut it up. Um, So I would have to sit there with a knife and either cut all of it up or uh, when I was at work eating lunch, 
because I ate I ate at 10 and 2, I, there was times where I'd have to eat in the middle of meetings or I was doing work. And so it would take me a long time to like put up my meat and eat it, yada, yada, yada. You get it. Um, the easiest way was for me to take like three hours, uh, throw the chicken on the smoker, shred it all, vacuum seal it all, throw it in the in the fridge uh, and take it with me to work. So that's what I, I still do it to this day. There's vacuum sealed packs of shredded chicken thighs uh, in my in my fridge and throughout my workday. That was when I viewed food as fuel. So because I had less access to it, because I had less time to eat it, uh, it was okay for me to say, all right, today this food is just going to be fuel. I'll eat like an apple or an almond or whatever the case, um, and get my protein in at the very least before I get home. And then when I get home, I, I promise you, if you eat mostly just protein, um, maybe a little bit of fats, maybe a little bit of carbs at work, when you get home, you'll be surprised at the meals that you can have uh, when you get home. It's kind of like intermittent fasting, but uh, you'll feel like, man, is this kind of a, is this cheating? Like I've hit my protein goal and I can still have a quesadilla this evening. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. I can have a bunch of cheese uh, and a tortilla, or uh, I can eat, you know, a homemade pizza. Really? Is that, is that real? And you do have to be honest with yourself. Um, you have to be honest with yourself, but yeah, um, I have lost a lot of weight eating tacos and, uh, quesadillas and homemade pizza and hamburgers and all of those things. It's because I was saving that equation because I love those things. I love to cook those things, um, air fried food, even, even occasionally when I'm not on 75 hard, some deep fried food. Now it makes it more difficult. If I mess up during the day, then I have to, I have to do something different in the evening. So if I go to lunch with a coworker during the day and we have a sandwich or something like that, then when I get home that evening, I don't have the allowance to to eat whatever I want, but, um, I lost a hundred pounds and never once stopped eating Mexican food, uh, stopped fully eating like fried things. I did it for certain little sprints during 75 hard, but, um, never once did I just not eat what I wanted to eat. Um, I just had to eat it in different portions and I had to control myself at certain points of the day so that when I got home, I could eat those things. Uh, I could eat those things with my wife who wanted to eat those things as well. Um, so long story short, long, long story short, I've been talking about nutrition for a, a while now. Um, long story short, you can do what you want to do. You have the freedom to eat what you want to eat. You just have to do it within this equation of do more, eat less, do more, eat less. If your goal is to lose fat, know what you're eating, track it. Uh, my favorite tracking app is macro factor. Uh, a lot of them change all the time. I haven't tried my fitness pal in a very long time, uh, but I have tried it before. I just got done using the first form app. Uh, I've used carbon diet coach, which, which is Lane Norton's app. If you, if you listen to Lane Norton first, he's going to hit you with carbon. If you listen to Jeff Nippert, he's going to hit you with macro factor first. A lot of them will use my fitness pal, uh, first form, whatever. Uh, I will tell you right now that, um, that, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, macro factor by far my favorite. I've tried them all. They, they may have all changed things, but macro factor has been my favorite overall. Uh, that's Jeff Nippard's app. It's $71 a year, 100% worth it. Um, the barbell, the barbell, the barcode scanner actually works the way that it shows your meals is amazing. The meals that it has, I've found to be most accurate. Um, the, the foods that it has, I found to be most accurate. And, uh, 
let's see what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, they have a little widget on your phone. It, it, it's the best. The, the readouts that it gives you as far as your protein and, and your, and your calories. Oh, the other thing that it does is it will tell you the macros that you need to eat and it will adjust them down. So I told you, I wasn't going to talk about, uh, metabolic adaptation. Uh, actually I'm going to do a whole episode later for when the baby comes about tracking your food because I've learned a ton, learned a ton, but uh, this food tracker, it, it auto adjusts your calories down, uh, because that's what your body does with your metabolism. And it just makes sense. If you're carrying around less weight, your body's going to have to do less work to get you from A to B. You're going to burn less calories throughout the day. Uh, and macro factor actually stays ahead of that. So, uh, tracking macro factor is my favorite. Uh, and the, the, the glorious, I say glorious, but the freedom that comes with tracking is, is pretty insane. When, when you realize that you can still lose weight and eat whatever you want, um, not how much of it that you want, <laughs> but you can eat whatever you want, um, it's very freeing. And so I really recommend Macro Factor. Whew, okay. Where do we go now? Last thing I'm going to mention. I promise. I know I've probably said that a couple of different times. This is going to be a long episode. Last thing I'm going to mention. Uh, sprints have helped me a lot, not running, but, uh, in the 75 hard, um, setting sprints have helped me a lot. This is probably going to have to change with the child. It may or may not. Um, I, I reckon it'll probably change a little bit, uh, except for around the holidays. But what really helped me a lot was getting into it, building momentum and going very, very hard for a set period of time. Um, so, for example, 75 days. I would pick a time in the year. I, I didn't pick. You don't wait. It, it, it worked out the way it worked out. But um, I started 75 hard in February. There's virtually nothing except for Easter from January all the way to, let's say, what is that, Labor Day or Memorial Day uh, in May when typically like the first barbecues are going on now you, you have spring break and, and whatnot. But for me, uh, that is the biggest time that I have to just grind on something to just say every single day, uh, very few social events, very few holidays, no big meals, that kind of thing. Other than like Valentine's day ish, you know, um, I do my best work in sprints. I will go very hard. No alcohol, no nothing, no desserts, no candy. Um, we're going to work out twice a day. We're going to hit it very, very hard for, say, 30 days. I'll lose 20 pounds in 30 days, no problem. Done it multiple times. And then I do that knowing, typically knowing, that at the end of that, uh, I'm going to let up a little bit. And I'm going to go enjoy myself. This comes with a caveat, okay? You have to be willing to get back to it. And you have to um, understand that your standards are changed. So what that looks like for me is maybe after that first 75 hard, I, I hit 75 hard very hard, and, and I lost maybe like 30 pounds or something doing it. Uh, after that, I was still like, hey, let's go have some fried food or something. Um, it was kind of like, yeah, I'm here. I wasn't eating quite as bad. I uh, didn't eat as many desserts, didn't do all of those things, but still I went back and after 75 days, my life wasn't 100% changed yet. My mentality wasn't 100% changed yet, but I had, I had gained a lot, a lot of ground. And so when I took that little break, it was fine. Um, 
very quickly I realized that my life was better when I was doing my sprint. And so I went back into another sprint, phase one, uh, phase two, phase three. This is why the Live Hard program works is because it is structured that way. Um, and slowly throughout those sprints, I would raise my baseline a little bit. Uh, the floor would rise. So let's say like after that sprint, you don't ever want to hit quote unquote rock bottom, but you've raised your bar for average. Let's say you spend 30 days uh, competing, not competing, but being extremely above average. Your average bar then raises. Um, when you get done with that, you no longer have the desire to get as drunk as what you did or uh, to eat as many desserts as what you were eating. Uh, your bar is raised a little bit. It's not to say that you're going to continue that forever. It's not to say that you're 100% changed forever. Uh, but for me, it's always been a step up. Like now, I'll be honest with you guys. I went very hard um, for that first form challenge in November. And before that, the sprint before that, or sometime around July to August, uh, after after that July to August sprint, uh, or June, July, August sprint, I would still go drink, drink a couple beers. And I actually got into beer. Um, and was like, man, this stuff is really good. Now guys, um, I tried to have a couple beers like last night or something, just not doing it for me. Like just, uh, there was no point. It's like, this makes me feel so much worse. Uh, doesn't take, doesn't even taste that great. My bar rose from that sprint. So that's one mechanism that I use heavily. I'm about to go into another sprint before the baby's born, uh, where I'm just going to hammer it hard. Um, put the hammer down. And then when the baby's born, have a week or two to where we might get some fast food, might need to. Uh, my focus is going to be elsewhere. Utilize those downtimes uh, in your yearly cycle and get the most that you can out of your weight loss uh, in that yearly cycle and develop new habits. Um, keep those habits that, again, you don't have to live like a psycho year round. You really don't. You have to maintain some daily discipline, a lot of daily discipline, actually. Um, you have to be willing to. Uh, stop yourself when you know you need to be stopped, but um, you don't have to do the two-a-days and, and all of that stuff. You can have a piece of candy. Uh, you're not going to lose the fat in a day. You're not going to gain the fat in a day. Okay, they're both slow. Um, they are both very, very slow. Okay, now you are going to gain weight quicker than you lose it, but you're not going to have one bad day and gain 30 pounds back. That's not how it works. So I prefer sprints, uh, structured sprints to where I hit it very, very hard. Um, and then it raises my baseline every time. Now I can't go three days without working out. I just can't, uh, I, I just can't, I can't go three days without working out. Um, my baseline is raised uh, and I do that through the sprint process. So, um, guys, I think that's it. I think I've talked long enough. You're probably tired of hearing me talk. Um, but for those of you that wanted to know, those are my thoughts. <laughs> maybe nobody wanted to know. You probably all may have turned it off. Um, maybe nobody's listening at this point, but, um, that was my process. Uh, there again, years of learning, uh, and not to pat myself on the back, but I learned quickly. So, uh, a lot of this stuff is very in depth and I'm going to break a little bit more into that. I'm going to use that as my backup for, uh, some of the baby stuff that in business and college and whatnot, uh, you're about to get a lot of my opinions because they're, they're episodes that I can, uh, shoot, uh, and then, not shoot, but record and then stock back. Um, and it's stuff that I feel like is very important. So that's my thoughts on weight loss. Um, it's simple. Uh, do more, eat less. It's simple. It's not easy. Uh, it's simple. It's not easy. 
do more, eat less. If you need any help, if you need an accountability partner, let me know. Nobody's ever taken me up on that from the podcast. Uh, probably because I talk about it, probably because I talk about how hardcore <laughs> Brett and I are on it. Uh, and we are very hardcore, but if you need an accountability partner, if you need somebody to uh, remind you to go get after it, if you need somebody to work out with, you let me know. Yeah, absolutely let me know. And I'm willing to help anybody that I can because uh, I was miserable. I was truly miserable and it was awful. Um, I'll never go back 100%. If, if, if anybody, if you're hearing this right now, um, if you ever see me getting fat again, stop me. Um, please, for the love of God, uh, say, what are you doing? Why are you going back? I'll never go back. Never. Um, never. So I'll do anything that I can to, to help somebody else uh, come back from that. So, uh, guys, that's all I've got. Tune in on Wednesday to our One Flesh podcast. Uh, tune in to the Sunday series for the Purpose podcast, where we help young men find and fulfill their purpose. Uh, that's all I've got. See you guys.